Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. So it's uh, all for play for still. I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hello, everybody, and let me get rid of Christian Porzo's face from behind this here on the screen. But hello, everybody, and welcome to For the Love of Paul McGrath podcast in a week where there isn't really much to talk about because Villa don't play at the weekend for some absolutely unknown reason. Um, we decided we'd come on and we chat about anything that kind of came to mind. And I suppose uh, we were always scheduled to do a podcast tonight, but uh, then Christian Porzo gave that interview today and it gave us something to talk about. Paddy? Uh, I suppose before we start talking about that, how's your week been? Um, is it? Are you detoxing from Aston Villa for a week, or what are you doing? Yeah, yeah, kind of, kind of. Yeah, I was uh, underwhelmed at the weekend, despite despite the decent attacking performance in the first half. But uh, yeah, I've I've had a busy week, so I was able to unwind and and calm down from the Villa sphere and. Uh, yeah, and then Christian Porzlo comes on and does his thing today and excites, excites us a little bit. And, uh, yeah, talking about 10 years down the line makes you a little bit excited to be a Villa fan. So there's obviously huge plans there. Yeah, I don't... Like, before we get into the expansion plans and stuff, I just kind of... Uh, look, we're going through a shitty run at the moment. Let's just call it a spade a shovel. Uh, last four and last three in the bounce. Four in the bounce, isn't it? Four in the bounce. Um, this is our second time doing it. And the, the, the season feels like it's a bit of a petering out season. But a lot of people are saying, oh, will the owners, the owners get sick of it? Will they leave? Um, will the owners just, you know, do they need immediate immediate uh, success? Um, no. <laughs> well, they, like put it this way, they're not stupid. They're not going to come in here. Like they're not oh, Tony Chan said that we're going to come in here and win the, win the Champions League within five years. And, yeah. and the reason I'm going to point to regards to this is that Wes Eden's 
Wes Edens knows knows sport. Uh, he knows the sporting sphere. As in, what I'm trying to get at here is he bought the he bought the books, and they were like he knew full well what he was doing there, and he knew that they were going to have to draft well and Giannis and Giannis, and then they were going to you know go towards a an NBA title. It's not as easy as that with Aston Villa. There's a longer term game, and mm. uh, you know he's he's here for. They're they're hopefully here for the long haul, you know. You 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 see the investments like there's they're queuing up to buy Chelsea at the moment and then just sit in Chelsea because, you know, there are very few teams that stay in the Premier League that aren't making money, you know. So um so so from that yeah. point of view, um I think there's a lot involved in it and that kind of brings us on to the talking point about Christian Perslow. Um, look, we could be wrong. They could sell up in the morning. Who knows? Like we thought, Randy Lerner would never go anywhere. Now, granted, he was part. He was the, the owner of the Cleveland Browns previously, and that's literally the Cleveland Browns in dysfunction, just go hand in hand. But and and Randy Lerner pretty much caused a lot of that after they came back into the league. His father, Al, Al Lerner, was a lot more of a stabilizing influence. But Randy didn't really know what he was doing with the with the Cleveland Browns. Um, mm-hmm. in hindsight. And then, of course, once he lost <clears throat> interest in Aston Villa with a lot of personal things going on, then, you know, we we tread water for years under Tom Fox and and, and the like until we were sold uh, to uh, Mr. Mr. Ja. Um, but anyway, that was a bit of a rant at the start. <laughs> Addy, Christian Perslow came out and uh, he, he spoke to the masses today, did a lovely interview with Michelle Owens again. Uh, and she's a great interviewer. I, I you know, I she's, she's really good for Villa TV to have. Um, like him or load him, a lot of there's there seems to be a lot of a bit of anti Perslow sentiment at the moment. A lot of people kind of think he's maybe a snake oil salesman. I don't agree with that. I just want that out there straight away. I think he knows what he's doing as well, and I think that um, whether he will be here in ten years' time, like you mentioned, is another thing. But I think that uh, the the future planning of the of the club, um, a lot of it is down to him and what he can bring best in his experience. But he spoke about the the upgrades of of Villa Park. Uh, today, Paddy, and he spoke about the North Stand being a fifteen thousand seater stadium uh, uh, stand uh, that would potentially take eighteen to twenty four months to build. Um, like I know we knew about a lot of this. I know that it was leaked and we've been reading about it and stuff like that. But yeah. it's still exciting to hear it now that it's actually going ahead. And you know, there's no planning concerns really. I would imagine it's going to sail through planning. Um, but what were your thoughts on that, Paddy? Well, look, it's. You know, the, the first and foremost, I just address what you were saying there about the, the owners. At, at, at the end of the day, these guys are winners, but they're businessmen. So regardless of what they do here now, they're, not, they're only going to sell this club at a loss unless we're playing Champions League football and we're attracting the best players in the world. So it's a long-term project for them. I, I, I don't think there's anything to worry about or, or to, to pick at with what Porzlow said about it being a 10-year plan. Um, anyone who was at the, the fans consultation group meeting that I spoke to, um, trying to get some nuggets of information out of, but it wasn't coming because they were all sworn to secrecy. But look, it's all out there now. It's, it's, in, the, it's in the public domain. But they all said, every one of them to a man, that, he, that he's one of the most impressive guys that they've ever listened to involved in our football club. But we knew that anyway. Um you know, and I would like to think that that ten-year plan involves Christian Porzlow being around, because he seems to go about business the right way. He, he seems to go about about business that, like we we were really really well thought of 
under Randy Lerner and how we did our business and how we did our transfers and we we did them, um, you know, the the right way, which is you know when, when you see Danny Ings rocking up and he's signed and that's it, that's the way the transfer should be, um, and and that seems to be the way forward for us and that, and I'm 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 glad to have such a competent speaker talking on behalf of the owners because you're you're not going to hear from the owners. So you want you want to hear what they're all about. You want to hear what they're thinking, and he just seems to deliver it very well. But the key thing for me that I took out of it was that there was a ten year plan. Obviously, we're going to get into the nooks nooks and crannies of of, of what he's said about the two year plan. But the most exciting thing for me was it was a ten year plan. He spoke about all four uh, stands within the stadium, going from the obviously the rebuild of the north stand. The only the only one thing that wasn't addressed and you know, he went into a number of different things, but what he didn't say is there more than likely is going to be a little bit of upheaval for some people with season tickets. So how do they counteract that? How do, how do they get enough seats or enough? Uh, and yeah, enough seats, you know, they're probably build a, a lower tier of the stand, but they're still, they're still probably not going to get up to 42,000 by the time the season starts. Which which I know is whatever. It'll probably going to start this time next year when the season ends, and they'll have something like three months to get that that bottom tier up and uh, and seats in it and ready to go. Which is it's going to be difficult. Um, but with 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 the with the demand that's there, uh, they see an opportunity. The ticket prices are obviously increasing, so we'll go up above fifty thousand seats. He spoke about the um. European Championships bid in 2028, which is important to have Birmingham involved in that. And they're saying they need 50,000 seats for that to be involved. Um, so, you know, this this is all a long-term plan. This is this is all about putting Aston Villa on the map. And, you know, when, when you need people who are coming, and we've a lot of them listen and watch to watch our show, coming from all over the world to, to watch Aston Villa, there needs to be a facility there, a top-class facility, and that's the way it's going. And I'm excited about it. I've gone from being a little bit downbeat, well, not not downbeat, a little bit meh all week, to to actually being excited today because it's just it's good news. It's a good news story. Yeah, it is. I suppose just on the season ticket piece that you mentioned there, I don't I don't think it was the interview to really go into nuts and bolts in it. And I think he would have just kind of reverted back to his statement where he said he spoke. A small bit about architectural, or sorry, uh, building technologies, should I say, and how they've amassed and how it wouldn't have any impact upon our ability to be able to play during the season and what we would be able to do. So I yeah. would imagine that it would be a case of rip up this, rip up the stadium, or rip up the the um, playing surface, get at it from both sides, get the lower tier in there, and if it is going to be a fifteen thousand uh, seater stadium. Get it in there, get it done, get the hospitality and the Trinity done, which you mentioned as well, um, and then start work. I suppose even during the season, like they spoke about the car park for he spoke about the car park for the North North Stand as well. I would imagine they want to get the North Stand done ASAP. He talked spoke about a two-year plan for it. I think he I I think some people might have taken something away from that as oh, it's going to take us two years to get the North Stand done. I don't know. Just thinking back, I do have a small background in architecture, and and uh, I did have an involvement in a state in in the planning of a stadium yeah. once before. 
But the, the um, North the North Stand is not going to take two years. I I no. would imagine. Given if you go back to do you, do you remember uh, when they were rebuilding the the oh what do they call it in Highbury the, where the Arsenal fans used to stand when they rebuilt that and they put up the big uh, curtain behind the goal and it seemed to be there yeah. forever. That, those days are gone. We we will be sitting in seats uh, in in the North Stand at the start of that season. I would imagine, um, and yeah. so that's nothing to be worried worrying about. And I would I would envisage. That before the probably even before Christmas they they would have the the stand itself finished. It's it's the um it's the ambitions they have to go back further and you know to put in world class facilities as he spoke about. Um, I heard I heard something through the grapevine that that there's a possible concert venue going into that, mm-hmm. or at least a theatre that would have the facility to host host concerts and uh, events as such. So you know when you when you think of the space that's there, you know, that, you, and that's you know, what I was getting at. Yeah, I think that I think the whole project for phase one is going to take two years. For yeah. I mean that would include the development that will go on in the North Stand car park there, and I, I think like that could be built during the league during the league season. Yeah, uh, there would be no like it wouldn't have any impact on on game there really if you had a building site behind the North Stand as long as you could access it. Um, I wouldn't mm-hmm. imagine. But I think but, the most important uh, thing is that would, people can actually sit good. in the stand, and once people can sit in the stand, then they, yeah, they can that, do that, that, exactly. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's it. So there, are the the effect to season ticket holders would be minimal in that aspect. Um, yeah, I think. But he did mention that this is only phase one; that they will be looking at redeveloping the halls. They will be looking at bringing in safe standing. Um, when he he did mention that it would be in this phase, uh, so it looks like there will be a full full redevelopment of the whole stadium at some yeah. stage over the next 10 years. Um, obviously, he wasn't going to go into phase two, phase three, phase four. It would be absolutely pointless because they, mm. don't even, they haven't even nailed down what phase one actually will be, what they will actually be able to build there at the moment because they're still in consultation processes at the moment. But um, uh, one thing I did men- I did like that he mentioned, or, or sorry, one thing that he did mention was, and uh, the eagle-eared listeners that we have there, he mentioned that the North Stand doesn't touch the corners, so I'd imagine maybe we might be filling in the corners there. Traditionalists yes. will dislike it. Um, I, uh, other than building a big, massive, um, <laughs> and I suppose, and it wouldn't be a bad thing, another halt end at the other end of the stadium. Um, but with that the issues that you have there is with regards to the economy or the, the scale of it. The, the higher you higher you go up, the further you have to go back, and maybe an impacts on the stand on the car park, and also the easiest way just to get the seats in is around is around the corners. Look, we'll know when the when the design comes out, um, and and then we will absolutely know more. But I wouldn't be losing too much sleep over it if we did have to put to put corners in. I know traditionalists would, but that's just my view on it. But I won't mm. be losing much sleep on it anyway. Um, uh, there was a. Uh, uh, he, he like there's a comment. There was a comment there. I can't remember where it was. It's it's up a small bit further on on, on the comments whereby um like Perslow is a businessman. That's why he's there, you know. And he's gonna he's gonna come in and like everybody can say, yeah, we we don't need businessmen at the top for our club. If you think that, <laughs> I, I, I can't help you. I'm sorry because yeah. you look at every single football club in 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 the Premier League at the moment. That's all they have at the top is businessmen. It's all they have at the top, and uh, it's a money game. And you know, if you're swimming with the sharks, you know you gotta you gotta find your food source somewhere. Uh, and 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 in a money game, 
um Perslow is going to try and uh, and elevate us there. Um, there was a comment there as well. I think it was from Sai. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? This one here, Sai. Uh, good to see you again. The only thing I worry about the expansion plan is it's just over fifty thousand. Is that enough to compete with West Ham at sixty? Um, nearly fifty-two and a half. I hope the vision is more than just over over uh, fifty thousand. Well, I think this this phase will bring us to fifty thousand. And um, the inkling I got from it was that further expansion and further upgrades will bring us upwards on that level and that number. Because he did reference kept he referenced it three or four times the twenty-two thousand people. Like so, the, the the desire for seats and the and the demand the supply yes. and demand issue that, that they have, and um, he did also mention that until the Brentford uh, new Brentford Stadium was built, uh, we had the closest um, train station to the ground as well. So he did reference the whole um, the whole transport issue and look. Obviously, we know getting in and out of um, out, out of uh, trains and 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 literally getting getting in and out of the ground itself is 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 a difficult thing to do. It was difficult. You know, five, six, seven years ago, and it's going to be difficult. You know, for the yeah. next two or three years. But uh, that's where the consultation comes in. He spoke about extra infrastructure as well. Like when we talk about the two years, that's probably where a lot of things will come in. That yes, the stand mm-hmm. might be built, the infrastructure might follow on because there's going to be lots of other other things. Like Aston Villa can't click their fingers and build a new train station. Has to be done by like there's consultation with the neighbours. There's consultation with the heritage. It's a very architecturally rich, um, architecturally heritage conservationally rich um area in around Aston and um you know all that has to be taken into account as well the planners are going to want to have to say and look a lot of the infrastructure is going to be a horse trade between Aston Villa and the council as well so um the villa can lobby and can do their best with the trains as they stand now but a lot of it is the council but it is up to villa as i said keep their finger on the button to make sure that the council don't just forget about it once the season is over, that they continue to roll through with it. Because, let's face it, this is going to bring massive amounts of employment. Uh, so the, it's, it's, it's in the council's interest. The crowd over at the Sty can't even put a big, uh, a proper roof on their, on their stadium. There isn't half it's still closed. Yeah. It's called the Trillion Timpot Stadium or whatever it's called. I can't remember what it's called. Like, the council needs Villa Park to be a big, vibrant area. It's yeah. the, Where it's situated is beautiful. It's brilliant. It's, it, it's easy to get to on foot. Yes, and, and you know, there's a lot of area around it, and Perslow made, made mention of that. There's area around it that they can develop to, develop into. So they're not looking at buying, like, uh, lines of streets of houses and knocking them or anything like that, and then, you know, having lots of compulsory purchase orders and that aspect, rehousing mm-hmm. people and stuff like that. That's why a lot of the stadiums that are built either go out of the city or they take forever when like Chelsea's goosed, like Chelsea are going to take forever to get their new stadium built unless there's massive brown envelopes given all over the place because where they are is so highly built up. Um, now they may look at knocking rows of houses, but where the, where Chelsea where those those houses ain't cheap. Like they're not they're not yeah. going for 30, 40, 50 grand, those houses no. around Chelsea, but it, yeah. neither the ones around around Villa Park. But what I'm saying here is that you know. There will be like there's going to be a lot of people that will still be unhappy about the transport, and that's fine. And you're absolutely yeah. well within your rights to be happy, unhappy with it. But that's where the two-year plan I think will come into this. That they're going to have to bring the council along with them, and I think that's why Perslow mentioned it as opposed to the stadium itself. I could be wrong. This is just my slightly yeah. educated um, thought process on it from from things that I would have done ten years ago. I just want to address one other thing. There's, there's a lot of people talking about parking and. I just, you know, I know it means a lot to people to be able to drive to the stadium, 
But just look around you. E- even here in Ireland, we look at our two biggest stadia, uh, Croke Park, uh, Viva Stadia. You, you can't drive to them. Uh, Brentford's new stadium, you can't drive to it. Um, Arsenal's new stadium, Spurs' new stadium, you cannot drive and park. You are still walking a good distance. So uh, it's a case of... you're. Unless you've got some kind of disability, there's not going to be parking as as a part of this, you know, as a big part of it. There will be a hospitality parking, obviously, because that's where they make their money. But yeah. Yeah. there's not go- there's not going to be parking for for anybody to just rock up and, and leave their car. It's going to be a, a five hundred meter walk or, or or a kilometer walk away uh, the other side of Witten Station, I would imagine. So the whole idea is to try and uh, develop um, Witten Station to make it, uh, you know, fit for purpose that the trains can literally sit on an extra line there and pull into the station as we're getting out of there. Getting into it is fine because it's staggered. It's when everybody des- descends on, on the stadium at the same time. Like, if, for us, in, in the last couple of years, it's 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 a night away. You can't, it's very hard to do a day trip now. Um, I did a day trip for Brighton. And somebody literally had to drive me back to the airport because there was no way I was getting through those thousands upon thousands of people sitting in, you know, standing at the train station. Unless you go and miss the the last uh, t- 10 minutes of the game. So what's the point in coming if you're going to leave 10 minutes early, you know? So there's, there's, a, there's a whole lot going on there, but there's a lot of people mentioning parking. But I think we can forget about the parking element because it's, it's, it's not an entity. Yeah. Um, I'm. I. I think it's always been kind of. I. I know. I know no better than having to walk for thirty minutes or forty minutes to a game. Um. Just and look, guys. This is not saying that nobody should give over about it or no, no. Like obviously, thank God, and I hope that I always stay this way. That able-bodied enough to be able to walk to matches. No. Put out a bit of timber in the last year, so I, I think I'd be I might be huffing and puffing by the time I get to my seat uh, when I go to the Norwich game. But here in Ireland, like you know, no matter what where you go, it's almost like a ritual. Who can park the furthest away and walk to the game? You know, and still be there on time. It's it's like it's a very Irish thing. I and mean, the reason we do it is because you walk that you're walking past and you go, oh, there's a pub. I think I'll stop in there for a pint. And then you get on and you walk on another ten meters and you go, there's another pub. I think it's that. So. You know what I mean? It's it's all about soaking up the atmosphere and stuff like that. But look, completely understand. This is just personal opinion. I like walking to a game. I like walking a good distance to get to a game and stuff like that. You get to soak in the atmosphere. Completely understand not everybody can do that, especially if you've got young kids. You might have uh, people who may not be as mobile and stuff like that. So Villa do need mm-hmm. to include that. It needs to be accessible for absolutely everybody. We spoke about this. We spoke about this in a podcast previously as well, about the great article James Rushton did about the people in season tickets who do have um who are are not able-bodied if they have season tickets they they more or less have to hang on to them forever and ever because if they ever give them up it's impossible to get back on the list again you know so will that be looked into when they're redeveloping the north stand as well of course yeah uh, and villa Villa park is you know i think vaston villa want to be accessible to everybody yeah. Um, so that would be something I, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to seeing what the plans are. And I, I'll take a good uh, nerdy look <laughs> through them and see. Uh, I'm actually mad to see what type of structure they use uh, when they are building. Mm-hmm. And so it's uh, it's going to be an interesting one. Uh, John, John Steele yeah, says the other key word in the interview is customers. I, I like this as well. I know people won't like to be called customers sometimes. But, no, but I think what he says is right. We're, we're not the customers. The customers are... The other people that are there on the 20 days a year that we're not there. 
we're not the customers. The customers are the people that he's attracting to that stadium to fill uh, whatever entertainment they have, whatever conferences they have, all that kind of stuff. So it's to make it a viable entity all year round. And that, and I totally, you know, I completely forgot that, John. So thanks for reminding me. I think that's very important. Mm-hmm. Like we mentioned, the two stadia here, Croke Park and Aviva Stadium. Um, like I, I've been to sales conferences there at least once a year. For up right up until COVID, mm. so th- th- these things are happening all over the world, and we just need to up our game in in the hospitality department just to give, um, just to give companies and people the opportunity to hold events. Like you, you know, they're ho- they're hosting weddings and all that kind of stuff at Villa Park. That's just going to spiral beyond recognition when when a huge big, like did this stand is. Go- I, I would imagine this stand is gonna is gonna go back and back and back to where. The villa villages at the moment, and you, you'll probably, oh, yeah, you'll probably see the family zone uh knocked because you, you're gonna have to have some kind of parking and some way for the players to arrive and the opposition to arrive. So, there, there's a lot, there's a lot of play here, and I'm looking forward to see how they, how they, how they delve into it. And you know, we, um, for those who don't know, I'm involved in a steering group with, with the Lions clubs, and you know, I asked a question recently about because our, our Lions, uh, club bar is in the whole pub which is crammed it's very hard to get a drink it's probably not fit for purpose unless they build another bar and i was kind of asking would there be any room in the new plans and and the reply i got was well no <laughs> everything is accounted for every, every square inch is is going to be used mm-hmm. to, you know to have something on on match day and non-match day so that the, the lions clubs are going to be in the whole pub and that's it yeah, uh, and look, as I say, that's that's part of tradition. I actually don't mind that, but it's uh, you know, like remember when Spurs were building their stadium before the NFL came along, and just going back to the customers thing, the anchor tenant of Spurs Stadium was going to be Tesco. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It was just going to be a test going inside of the stadium, like... I don't know, actually, did it even go in? I don't think it went in um, in the new one. But that that's how they were going to make their money. They were going to have an anchor tes- tenor, uh, tenant in Tesco. Now, I, granted, that's about 14 years ago when they were coming up with a proposal for, for a stadium. Yeah. And the anchor tenant... I, I didn't Tesco, see any Tesco when I was there anyway. Yeah, uh, uh, so, like, every club is is trying to find their way. Sure, fucking Tony Shaw was talking about building a team park on the side of the fucking stadium at some stage. Like... <laughs> Like that, like this, we, that should have been a red flag straight away. 
you know, <laughs> like what was he going to call it, Bourneville Land or something like that? And I don't know what it was, but uh, <laughs> madness, madness. But look, I suppose the easiest way, as you say, there is conference centers. You know, get get uh, get gigs into the into the stadium. Um, Foo Fighters were supposed to be playing in Villa Park this season. You know, that's from the commercial department. In um, oh god, my god, her name has escaped me now. <laughs> you you keep me honest in that one. Um, the commercial director. Nicola, is it Nicola? Nicola yeah, Nicola Davidson. I couldn't remember her surname. Apologies, you know, all that kind of stuff, all the work that goes on behind the scenes to kind of make money for the club. Um, you know, unfortunately, you know, Foo Fighters gig probably, I think it has been cancelled actually um, with the death of the drummer, but uh, I'm sure maybe they will find something to, to, to take the spot on that uh, on, on that weekend. But, um, you know, the more that you have, the more that you can offer, the more viable the company does become, or the the, the, more, the more money keeps on rolling into the club. Should I say as well? No um, thanks, Michael. <laughs> parking, yeah, parallel parking only. That's all we're now talking. Unfortunately, about. Michael, it wouldn't be our forte. Would considering that no. we come in on an airplane, get a a train down to Aston or Witten, and then we're we're gone out on the same way again. So I literally wouldn't have a clue where to start to book a parking. Yeah, not at all. It's uh, yeah. I've done, I've never driven to Villa Park. I've never been driven to a Villa Park. So it's uh, always I drove to Villa Park, but it was on a non-match day, and we went to the shop, and we were we were in the UK on holidays during the summer, and we went to the shop and did all that kind of stuff. Doesn't count. But other than that, I, w- I wouldn't have a clue where to park if I was going to Villa Park because I'd probably end up parking at my hotel and leaving the car there for the weekend. <laughs> yeah, sure, that's, that's a dubers for anyway. If you're, yeah, you'll be fine, you'll be fine, you'll be fine. Um, <laughs> Paddy, let's try and talk about something else that isn't uh, that, that isn't to do with the expansion plans. Um, is there anything else that's been going on? We're getting into transfer season. I'm going... I literally, my eyes are, <laughs> my eyes are turned square. I showed Paddy a document I put together today. My eyes are gone square from like, looking at a computer screen with some of the stuff I was doing today. But uh, whether it ever sees the light of day is another thing. Um, <laughs> oh, we do. We we will have a podcast coming out on. It won't be a live one, but I'm just going to kind of go through every one of uh, Stephen Gerrard's games uh, over the course since he's came in. Well, not every one of them, but I'm going to be contrasting certain groups of games that I think have been really interesting. And uh, I've got I've form some opinions on them and I form some hypotheses on them as well. So I'm going to be going through that. It won't be a live, it won't be a live show, but it'll be available on Easter Sunday. Um, we'll be going out, but it's a, I've put together an interesting document that I might share online. Um, just showing different parts, different bits and pieces of from from the games and different correlations. But uh, that will be coming out. But Paddy, is there anything else that's been out? Did you watch the 32 questions for Stephen Gerrard uh, on the Overlap podcast today? I did. Who owns the Rolls Royces? What I want, Rolls. Who comes to training in the Rolls Royces? What I want to know. My my money's on Morgan Sanson. Really? Yeah. <laughs> you need a, you need a step ladder to get into it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've I've seen I've seen marvelous Nakamba's car, and you need a step ladder to get into that. It's it's like really? a it's like an armored jeep. <laughs> Jeez, that's how he did his knee. So is it jumping out of that? Probably now? is getting in and out of it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, uh, look, it was like hearted enough. The thirty-two questions. That's I just, good, yeah. I just for me, I thought it was probably a little bit badly timed, considering the run we're on at the moment. So, but, you know, going, that was probably recorded weeks and weeks ago, and that was being put out on, on Gary Neville's um, schedule. So nothing there. Yeah, well, no, you you, yeah. you would think he would be a little bit 
better with his time, and that that's the only criticism I have of it. But sure, Ed, what, like if it was recorded six weeks ago, we could have been on a three week three match winning streak. You know, right? you, you, <laughs> he's no say over that, you know. All he's told yeah. is be there at a certain time. He does it, and then it goes out when it goes out. He can't veto that stuff. Um, what else was I uh, thinking of? Um, it's a bit of a balls paddy and having no match this week. There's no reason Aston Villa shouldn't be playing this weekend. Well, if we've gotten far enough, well, there is because everyone we were due to play. Is, yeah, is, is either playing or around with Burnley, you know, just makes no sense. Makes mm. no sense. Um, it's um, I suppose the only the only thing we we've to look forward to this weekend is the 125th birthday of of our magnificent stadium, and I think I think today is huge for us to know that it's going to be our home for many years because that investment is not going in there in order to move that in our lifetime. We're not going to see a situation where we're moved to a soulless bowl. So I'm happy and content that that's the way it's going to be in my lifetime. Paddy, good question in here. Uh, there's well, there's it's a kind of a different question. So Scott, Stagger, Scott, Tag- Scott Taggart, I get there in a minute. I put my teeth in it, and 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 I get there in a minute. Will we have a new captain next season, Paddy? Uh, I don't think so. I do. That's the, that's the so short answer. Is, is... The, the, only, the only way I can see us having a new captain is if we went and spent big on, let's say, a British leader <laughs> that they can put in there who's much higher profile than, than, than our current captain. And I just can't see that happening. I, I envisage a lot of our signings are going to come in from overseas. I can't imagine us going to sign an England international that's going to move on Tyrone Mings from captaincy. I can't imagine we're going to buy enough of talent at centre-half that's going to move him out of there either. So, who knows? <laughs> but my opinion is, no, I don't think we'll have a new captain next year. I don't think anybody is not, is unsellable. And, and, and I think that if... I oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. And, and, and I, that's, I, I actually, that's I probably the number one reason why he wouldn't be captain. I, th- I think we could. I think I think Emmy Martinez could be captain next season. I don't Fair agree show. with goalkeepers being captain. I'm a big. I'm a. I. I, I think your your captain needs to be out the field, but I think Emmy Martinez could just as easily. I think there could be a change making captain. Mm. Whatever happens, though, Paddy. Whatever happens, we do need to bring in people who have. Uh, we do need to bring a bit more grit. I've spoken. I, I'm talking about this since before Christmas. Lack of leadership. Um. Lack of. You know, just just lack of nastiness and leadership inside there yeah, on the team at times. We tried to get nasty at the weekend, and we just did some stupid things. Like Ashley Young's tackle was just ridiculous. Um, but like that's not leadership in my <laughs> in my view. But uh, um, I do think that we could have a captain. I do think we could, we could have a new captain. But look, as I said, if it is Mings, I I like Mings. Um, but I just think that. When you talk about saying the right things at the right time, it first struck me that Jared is maybe saying that as a kind of a well, nobody's untouchable thing because I can't have I can't be saying that somebody is untouchable when we're on a four game losing streak for the second time in his tenureship. And I thought maybe that was the curated comment to kind of I'm I'm in charge here kind of a thing when when we've got a week off. But the more I thought about it, the more I thought this isn't the first, second, or third time he said this. He said this when he first came in. And then he said it like it's going to be consistently under review. 
Um, so that makes me believe that I think that mm. he definitely has someone in mind if we bring him in that they will be captain. Um, well, I think having a consistently under review is exactly how you should treat your captain. You know, if, mm. if he if he's not doing his own job, you know, but then like we, we've seen many times over the years that a captain, you know, can be a great leader on the pitch and then be prone to errors, similar to what Mings has done this season. So, yes, for that reason, that could very easily happen. And he's right to, right to keep him on his toes by saying those words. So, but I, I genuinely think the only way he won't be captain next year is if we sell him. Yeah. Yeah. That's just, that's just yeah. my opinion. I just can't see how anyone other than, than Martinez comes in as captain unless we go and sign a Declan Rice or a Harry Kane, which we're, we're just not going to do. We might sign Calvin Phillips. Who knows? Possibly. Right, that's that's well, me. That's point Sky as well. That's that is. Yeah, but is, is he captain material? Probably not as well. He's English, like like arguably. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Is right. Who knows? John asks, could Mings cover at left back? Yeah, I I, I floated this one as well. I floated this yeah. one. Pretty he probably couldn't cover at left back the way. He probably couldn't cover a left back the way Jared wants him to cover a left back, the way he wants a left back to play. And that's probably why he hasn't done it yet. But it's worrying what way we're going to line up against Leicester next week and who's going to play there. You know, is it time to give Brent, Ben Kersenny a, a go at it? I don't know. Leicester did it with, uh, what you call him? Uh, what's wrong with my brain this evening? Thomas. Uh, I can't think of his first name. Uh, left back, and he's just flourished since. They brought him in at like seventeen, and he just yeah. just kicked on. You know, he just just ducked the water stuff. Hopefully, we can we can have something like that. But it, you know, Paddy, it's going it's going to be Ashley Young left back um, against Leicester, and uh, that is what it is. Mm. We don't have any other left yeah. back to go in there, really. We don't have any other senior left back to go in there. So you know, you have to. As what's what's the phrase? You can only fart what the arse are given, isn't it? Or something like that. I can't remember what that phrase is. A very, a very <laughs> famous phrase. <laughs> um, but, uh, I, think, I think it was I think it was Soy that asked there, can we recall Matt Target? I actually checked this out, and apparently if you loan to somebody in your own division, you cannot recall them in the time frame. So the answer to that is no. Any, I'm almost certain you can't recall anyone outside of the window. Uh, outside of the window, yeah. Oh, well, you, you can recall them early in a window, but I, 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 you can't, you definitely can't, you can't, uh, you can't recall him now. Like, no, 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 no. But if we gave him at the start of the season, we still couldn't have recalled him in the in the window, apparently. Once you once you have a loan agreement in your own division, oh, yeah. that stays in yeah. place for the year, yeah. So I'm told, yep, that is the case. Um. I don't know, Paddy. Is there anything else going on in the world of Villa at the moment? No, just just the birthday of Villa Park, really. That's that's that's, that's about all we're. No. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I was lucky. I was lucky enough to be there for the hundredth birthday in nineteen ninety seven, when we played Spurs. Um, I don't remember it being this time of year because it was an absolutely miserable day, and if memory serves me correct, Ramon Vega scored for Spurs. Don't ask me why I remember. Don't ask me why I remember. We talk about the Christian Gross days, are we? It probably is, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
And I meant I meant to Google it to try and figure that out, but yeah, I'm, I'm nearly sure I'm on Vegas, God for sports. <laughs> God, yeah. Swiss Swiss sent half. I'm right and saying he was Swiss Ramon Vega. He's he always reminded me, you know, whenever when, I remember when you'd hear his name, Ramon Vega, uh, he sounded like a Street Fighter character. You know, because he just like it just wasn't the name I had ever heard. Like it's just a class name. It's a brilliant name, but it sounded like a made up kind of computer game name or whatever. But it's uh, yeah, Ramon Vega. I think he was Swiss, if I'm not mistaken. I think he came with Christian Gross. He went to Celtic then afterwards. Did he? An illustrious career, an illustrious career did Mr. Vega. That'll tell you how little we have to talk about. The fact that we're after eking about a minute and 10 seconds out of Ramon Vega and Street Fighter and him going to Celtic and Christian Gross. That's what you call filling time, lads. That's what you call filling time. The match finished finished 1-1 with goals from Ramon Vega and Dwight York. Dwight York. (laughs) So I remembered Vegas guard, but I don't remember what York did. <laughs> <laughs> See, memorable name, Ramon Vega. That's why you remember it. Um, that's I think we're going to do it because I might fall asleep in this podcast. I'm absolutely wrecked. But uh, <laughs> that, thanks so much to everybody for popping on. We about we about with 70, 80 people here watching. Really appreciate it. Uh, really like uh, the interaction. Sorry we didn't get to an awful lot more of your comments. Um, but as I say, we will be back firing and fit after the uh the Easter break. Have a have a look out on Sunday. Um, I've put a bit of effort into into a podcast. I'm going to be doing, uh, as I say, just kind of cataloging everything from Brighton from the two 0 win at Brighton onwards. Just looking at how the team has set up in certain games. Um, kind of looking to see. I, I wanted to go back and try and catalog catalog it to see. Is this a, is this a formation issue? Is this a player issue? What's going What's going wrong? The only way for me really to do it was to plot everything out on a page and uh, try to make sense of it from there. So um, I hope you guys are going to like it. I hope you're going to find it interesting um, and you don't find it completely and utterly boring. Uh, but that will be out on Easter Sunday, and you'll have it for your uh, for your bank holiday Monday for anybody who's here in in, in the UK or Ireland. Uh, where we get bank holidays. Um, so unfortunately, any of you guys in the States who don't get bank holidays, um, <laughs> you, you'd still be able to listen to it in your way to work. So you'll be all good. You'll be all good. Um, so that'll be dropping on Easter Sunday. But guys, thanks so much, everybody, for everything you do for the podcast. Really appreciate all you do. Give this uh, give this a like if you can. Hit the, the thumbs up button. Thanks a million for all your comments. I know today was a bit of a playful one. We did an awful lot of talking about parking and everything else but um you know it's nice to get to chat and and to and, and see so many people show up um really really uh really really appreciate it. and thanks very much rod really appreciate that that means an awful Cheers, lot rod. um we really appreciate you watching and and, and being such a good a, a good patron of the show and, um and, and thank you to, thank you to everybody that because th- there's be a complete hmm. old whole conversation going on in the comments there yeah <laughs> and i get sidetracked very easily so thanks to everybody for for getting involved and 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 putting their tuppence worth in there i know we, we, we can't get to read them all out but they're all appreciated and, and we do read them afterwards and uh and, I, anything, I, and that's I, valid, anything that's valid we'll bring up again and i'm going to be honest like we're usually really good with comments last two or three shows we've we've had i've had issues reading the comments they're just not showing up on my, on my side um I, I've been a, I've been told it will be fixed uh, very very soon. I've actually been told it will be fixed for us uh, from next week. So um, I don't know what the issue is. I have no idea what it is. I can only see like one in every four or five. So 
Um, I do apologize because we usually do rattle through an awful lot of comments. And I would like hate you guys to think that we aren't reading out the comments because uh, that's what keeps the whole podcast going for us is you guys, your interaction. So thanks so much for um, for stopping by and for uh, giving us a listen. Also, guys, I'm going to ask you uh, if you're still here. Could you please, if, if if you subscribe to any podcast, could you please check us out on Apple Podcast and on Spotify? Subscribe uh, there because, as I say, over the over the summer we're going to be ramping up with some more um, audio podcasts as well as is we're not going anywhere on YouTube. We're going to stay in here, but for audio podcasts, we're going to be trying out some of them there as well uh, because we want to try and, and ramp up our content over the over the summer and the way to do that really would really be audio podcasting as well. So if you guys could. Uh, subscribe to us for the audio podcast too we really really appreciate that as well um right that's going to do us for tonight we will be back over the weekend with a i don't know what i'm going to call the podcast yet but another podcast on on, on sunday and uh, thanks so much to everybody for what uh for for what you do for the podcast i'm rambling now and all that's left to say is up the villa up the villa Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.